Previously on the game of Rassilon, Regenerated. You find yourself materializing in late 1600s France countryside. I'm going to grab a cloak. Coming down the road towards you is Julie Jobnier. Wait, are you, are you the Julie? Our bisexual icon, Julie. The implication that you get from her is that she had to get dressed and flee in a hurry. I have a, a friend of mine named Adele. Her father did not approve of our friendship, and so he sent her away to live in this convent with these nuns. I, I don't think that she's safe there, and so I'm going to go back and I'm going to get her away from there. Dr. Tardis, Tardis Key, please, so I can go back and use the Wiz Palace. Lita, standing in front of you, is a nun. Are you lost, child? You feel a hand on your hand, and it's another nun who is to your side. I'm going to yell for the Doctor and Carrot. Well, it's a good thing you speak French. Why? Where am I going? Oh, uh, we're going to send you into the convent. Oh, me? With the nuns! Lita, the nuns have placed you in a room to hold you for now. Have they gotten you as well? Captured you as well? I can try to undo the hinges on this door, and then we could just... It falls the other direction, then it makes a loud crashing noise, and so now you have maybe loudly announced that you are fleeing your room. You start to hear sounds. There are creatures in the walls, there are creatures around you, and these squeaking noises feel like they are honing in on you. Welcome to episode 406 of the Game of Rassilon Season 4, Regenerated. I am your Game Missy, Riley Silverman, and I am joined, as always, quickly by my crew of illustrious doctors, companions, and engineers. We will go ahead quickly and find out. I think we now finally have some goals and <laughs> objectives that have happened over the course of the last episode that have carried over into this episode. We have a we have a two-parter, which is good. This is about the time in a regular season, Doctor Who, when a two-parter pops up. So this kind of makes a lot of sense. Let's go ahead and say hello. Hello to our our captured companion, Lita, played hello. by Ben. Hello, hello. Yeah, I'm just going to throw this out there. My uh, short-term goal has definitely changed mm-hmm. to escape from the covenant. Like the convent. And he said covenant. Yeah, That's seems like a good one. Seems really fair. Yeah. Escape from alien uh, covenant. I like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then we, of course, have Carrie played by Joe Gately. So, Joe, what is, what is Carrie's feelings on goals right at this moment in time? Bonjour, and I was gonna say save Lita in in the most epic way as possible, and bring bring honor to her lady love, Julie. Hmm, I love it. So you're saying like save the Lita, save the world. Gotcha. All right, absolutely. And then, uh, Doctor, what are your goals and wishes? What do you want to do? Uh, my short term goal is absolutely help Julie uh, in whatever capacity that is. Um, I, I do we know officially that Lita has been captured? Because otherwise, save yeah. Lita will also be. I, I think I think you can probably surmise that by your friend yelling your yeah. name for help and then leaving a trail for you to follow yeah. that she's not taking a vacation. I think you being the doctor, you're like, oh yeah, doctor stuff. 
Yeah, they set yeah. up the kidnapping because the uh, the Sorcerer actress playing leader is actually on vacation this yeah. week. So yeah, you actually, Dan. I will say, go ahead. I'm, this normally I normally save us for BTS because we're in the middle of a storyline. I will say, go ahead and take yourself an experience point for Doctor stuff oh, because Doctor stuff's happening, and you have now accomplished that short term goal, and now you have nice. a long term goal. Another short term goal. Julie's short term goal was to make things right with Adele, which is kind of sweet. I like that. I think we will pick up with Lita because that was where the cliffhanger was. So, mm. Lita, you are in a hallway with Adele and you are you are hearing these noises in the walls all around you. OK, yeah, we last, last time we're going to we're going to do what they did in the 60s. We're going to reenact the cliffhanger and we're going to reshoot it. Uh, and it was just uh, Lita and Adele just like slowly backing out of the the what I'm going to call the bat chamber that they are presently in to try to go back and find another way out. Okay. I will have you make a presence and survival check because oh, I will right. say this. It's very dark. You're in a dark yeah. hallway. Okay. So I have a base of three and I rolled a six and a one. So that's three. That's nine, ten total. Okay. I think because it's a, it's a failure roll, we're going to let the one stand. That's kind of the policy we have here. So when we have a six and a one, we typically favor... If it's a success or a failure. So this is a no, but Mm -hmm. it's too dark for you to find a different direction to go to. And when you try to do so, you are stopped by another one of these nuns. It's actually the same one that originally stopped you out in the the moors, the the moors, out on the countryside. Okay. And so she goes, oh, our special guest is trying to leave, but you're so special to us. I, I, I would argue I'm more special to me. So I think I get what my people refer to as first dibs. So what if we... It's what makes you so special to you that's so valuable to us. Okay, I I don't like your emphasis on the word special, and I I, I think why you're making me uncomfortable. You said said species earlier. Are you not from this world? Um... I mean, I'm still not 100% sure on what this world is, but it's not where I'm from, no. All that beautiful knowledge in your brain. We could use that knowledge. You could help us with it. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm more inclined to help people who aren't going to kidnap me. Do you, do you need help? Is there something you need help with? We want your knowledge. We want your experience. You would make a great member of our sisterhood. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm not particularly interested in joining any uh, any fun hip clubs today. I'm happy to help you if you need help with something, but I I'm not I'm not signing up for anything today. Thank you. I'm I'm not going to be selling leggings or health health drinks or what have you. So if you don't mind, I would love to just. Actually, you're just kind of with, actually. Well, well, we might have leggings, well, and all, she had this whole downline. Like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Donna yeah, just, just comes busting in. <laughs> well, isn't that? No, it's fine. You see, you sell the leggings, and then your downline sells more leggings, <laughs> and you make profits from them. I'm, I'm, I'm suddenly understanding exactly why uh, why Adele and Julie were trying to leave. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, actually, you're kind of st- you're, so there's a doorway, you're, there's an archway that I'm trying to I'm trying to get to, and you're kind of in the in the way. So if you just want to try to take a steps a little little bit to the left, oh, you want to then... go you want to go into the quiet room. No, I, I actually, I mean, I want to not be where noise is, but I would love to not be here generally or specific. So if you would just allow 
me and my my new friend Adele it's just we're gonna walk out and leave and and then and then that's the end that's the end that's actually the end of the sentence Sister Louise is not going anywhere she's she's one of our sisters and we're going to to learn from her okay fine and then I am going to pull out my multi-tool in wrench mode and uh, take a an, an aggressive posture and I'm gonna say okay I'm not I'm not playing anymore you're gonna let us leave or I'm gonna I'm gonna tear a new mouth in that face of yours with uh, my with my wrench and then she goes but you just want to go in this room here and she points to the archway that you had said you wanted to go to is, is that the, if that's the way out then absolutely. It's the way out. Okay, so there are a lot of things I don't like about the way that you said that. <laughs> I would like I would like to leave. And if you don't let me leave, I'm gonna find something on you to wrench and then wrench it. This doorway is where you will leave the life you once knew and join okay. the new life. Okay, so we're not doing this. I'm just I'm She's very frustrated, and I think she's going to swing with a wrench. Yeah, I think I'm she's let you done. Go ahead and have this free action as <laughs> yeah. a, instead of rolling a full combat. I'm just going to let you have the attack because you kind of you kind yeah. of said you were doing it and established it. So yeah, I think we can essentially say that you were establishing you were going to fight, and she established she was going to talk, and then you fought. So go ahead and okay. roll. Uh, I'm going to say uh, conflict and strength. Uh, coordination. Coordination. Yeah, you wouldn't say you're strength. To, like, see if it can get a good. Um, I, yeah, I guess strength is fine. I was thinking of more like. Because you're looking for a place to hit her, you said I'm looking for a place to yeah, bolt her I, with. And okay, that's yeah, that makes sense. Because I mean, my, my coordination is higher than my strength, so yeah. I well, was, then go ahead I, and roll a higher roll and stop being. Yeah, you're about welcome. It. Gosh. <laughs> so I rolled. <laughs> so I, uh, I rolled a sixteen with two sixes. All right. Yeah, you uh, you are able to tell me where. Tell me what you want to do to disable her. Uh, when you attack her, uh, uh, I'll say with with your with your two sixes, you are definitely yes ending this scene. So yeah, you get to control. I, I think my yeah. first instinct was to go for the head, but I think that I think what I'm actually going to do is try to sweep the leg with the wrench to try to knock knock the because I think if I sweep the leg, it destabilizes the nun, and then maybe she also hits her head on the ground, which disorients, which gives me and Adele a chance to to Michael Bolton out of that room. Okay, with your first six, I'm going to say that you successfully do that. With your second six, I'm going to say what you also get is that when you sweep her and you knock her down, you essentially are able to glitch out the perception filter sort of thing that's happening with her. Mm -hmm. And you definitely see this sort of like bat-like creature now. I would say like essentially the, you know, the cat nuns that are in like New Earth. Yeah. It's like that, but bat. So Ooh. it is like you see this bat and the wings and stuff are normally covered up by the like the habit and the the robe. And now it is very clearly like you see like you see her like flapping around trying to get up and you see these wings kind of like bursting through it. Oh, horrible. Yeah. And then you run away. I would like to do a quick, I guess it would be a, a knowledge check to see whether this is a species that I... I'm familiar with or recognize? Is that something that I would be able to do? Yeah, you know what? I think this is a good point in the story to do that, so yeah. I will let you do an awareness and knowledge. Because yeah. I think in your future, you probably might have heard of yeah. these. Cause so you I have are, a base you are... of three, because my knowledge is zero. Maybe not, then. I rolled a two and a three. As a classic Rimmer risk roll, I rolled a three, six, eight total. <laughs> 
you definitely know of different species that sort of resemble various animal species yeah. depending on their evolutionary tract, but you this was not one that you were immediately familiar with. All right, and uh, yeah, so me and Adele, we Amazon dash cart out of the out of the chamber that we're in. We're going to go over to the doctor and Julie and Carrie, who are outside. Essentially, where we're cutting to, if, if beginning of the next episode, we see the doctor and Julie, who are like laying down on a hill, and they are watching as in the distance, Carrie is approaching the front gate of the monastery, or the convent. Okay, so I think what we do is we let them let her in, and then I actually know of a little, like, tunnel that's actually how i got out there's a little tunnel underground so i think we can like we can go through the tunnels and double back around and then get her from the inside what do you think oh julie you're you're currently my favorite person in the world right now thank you uh yeah that that is exactly what i was going to ask of her so uh yeah if carrie wants to uh, have her andre the giant scene of the door right now i'm all for it yeah so carrie what are you doing right now at the front door of the convent knocking not being suspicious. In your very ostentatious blue cloak. Yes, <laughs> with my hoodie. As a reminder to listeners from the last episode, she is literally wearing the six doctors blue cloak with the gold trim and everything, <laughs> which which Joe had not seen. And we actually sent her a picture of it in between the recording. I'm very excited. It's just over my hoodie and pair of pants. And it's glorious, folks. Like, I'm so glad I chose that article of clothing and it might just be something I wear permanently now. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. And then I think answering the door is the mother superior of this particular convent who Michael is playing. Hello. Oh. Huh. Hello there. How, how are you? Oh, hi. I'm just here selling Girl Scout cookies. And I was wondering if you wanted any. It's to help <laughs> me get... Take a story point because that's makes me so happy. <laughs> It's, it's to make sure that I go to my uh, summer camp for Girl Scouts who don't have a lot of self-esteem but would like to shoot pointy arrows and stuff. Uh, will you support us? We're a, we're a non-profit organization <laughs> full of young women who... <laughs> um, okay, okay. <laughs> Joe, roll presence and convince for me. <laughs> I guess it's subterfuge in this version, right? Not convince. No, no this is there too. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Presence and convince. Okay. I just want to tell everybody that Poseidon has decided to sit in my dice dish. So. Uh. <laughs> oh snap! I rolled a six and a no. Don't roll the dice. It's not for. Oh. 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 Okay. Well, we'll, we'll let the six carry. I, but what else I, was there? I, I rolled. I rolled an eleven. So it was a. Oh Jesus! It was a six and a five. There is so much chaos going on. <laughs> plus. So you had an eleven plus, plus. What's your presence and convince? Plus the th- three and a two, which is five, so five plus five is ten, plus six is sixteen with the magic number six. Yeah, so I think that you do seem very, very convincing. I think this uh, I mean, Michael's playing the mother superior, so I'll let him decide what she does for sure. But I, I think that she definitely is intrigued by you enough to let you continue forward. Oh, so I have so many cookies here. Have you have you heard of our popular thin mints, ma'am? Ma- ma'am, they are they are mint mint cookies and chocolate, and then they have a chocolate layer. You're not a chocolate <laughs> fan, I can tell from your face. We have these ones. They used to be called something else, but now they're called caramel delights. They are delicious. They are car- caramel, uh, coconut, and chocolate. I highly suggested oh i forgot you're not a chocolate person you know what you would like you would like the tree foils 
It's just wait, short so bread. Point of reference, they are still called that. There's just two different bakeries that use different names. That is, <laughs> yeah. that is the trick. Yeah, me. I know my Girl yeah. Scout research. Yeah. Don't. We, we fact checked here. Carries <laughs> from five years in our future. Things I'm just telling change. the audience if you are upset that your Girl Scouts have the wrong names for cookies, that's because your Girl Scouts are getting from the wrong bakery and you got to find the right ones. I don't care if they're your friend's daughters. You got to find those right bakeries. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, I can see that you're kind of like dry personality you might like these shortbread cookies and that that's it that's that's literally it i don't have anything else on the cookie i, I would like to bread. remind everyone that the only thing that carrie actually has is granola bars yeah i like how far <laughs> deep in this rabbit hole she's dug herself yeah i i haven't responded because i just the mental image of carrie doing this with just like uh the stiffest most two squares of black with a face none you've ever seen in your life is just standing there listening to this and sort of nodding politely uh, and then goes well I have never tried any of these thinned mints of which you speak but I am always interested in empowering young uh, organizations of uh, women here to support you so please I'd love to come in and talk about supporting you uh, via our uh, humble convent Oh, you have a secret way of, like, boosting up my self-esteem? That's great! It's not like my scout leaders are here <laughs> watching me walk into the nunnery. Allah, uh, convent, Allah. Cool. I'm gonna <laughs> go inside now. So Carrie enters the convent, and the Mother Superior closes the door behind them, and now we'll cut over to the doctor and Julie. Julie's like, I, I have to admit, I, I did not expect that to go the way that it did, but it seems to have worked. That's sort of the thought that is constantly going through my head. I never think anything is going to work, and I'm just glad when it does. Great. So she's inside. Uh, why don't you take me to the secret tunnel entrance? Oh, I love a secret tunnel. This is, oh, please, let's go. Man after my own heart, Doctor. And then she takes you to yeah, there's like a little bit of like kind of like a like a like a drainage tunnel that kind of like leads into the woods. And she uh, goes, yeah, I, I searched around and I found this when I was trying to flee. And uh, I know they they got, they got Adele and I ran and now I'm I'm back. So yeah, she takes you into this tunnel and you go underground. And as you come across, as you're walking, there's actually an obstacle. And she goes, oh yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, the ground seems to have dropped out here a little bit. This is like maybe like a ancient tunnel. What's actually happening is they're filming this at a, a location that has become ruined over time. And even though it should be relatively contemporary for the time period it's set in, they still filmed it and they did no set dressing to make <laughs> it make sense for the modern day, uh, to make it seem like it's contemporary. So now there's like a ruined tunnel. And so there's a big uh, a walkway with a scary drop. So, uh, so what are we going to do to get across that walkway, Doctor? Uh, I think we're going to have to, uh, the, the, the only way through is forward. So I think, uh, you know, we're going to take this precarious way through and, uh, looks like I'm going to have to jump. <laughs> yeah. About, about how, uh, how long across is this? It's a pretty sizable, it's, it's kind of like, there's, it's, it's more like there are pieces of cobblestone that you have to kind of like jump across, like, like, like one foot at a time, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm basically going to uh, Assassin's Creed. You know, hop across. You know, the most stable-looking path. Okay. Uh, go ahead and make for me a uh, coordination and athletics roll. Okay. And I'm going to do the same thing for. Oh, actually, I'm looking at Adele's character sheet. I think that I want to use uh, Julie Diopanes. 
Definitely. I rolled two sixes. Wait, for listeners at home for your fun. <laughs> awesome. Dan, Dan, Dan I'm, gonna make you, I'm not even going to ask you what the original roll was. Yeah. If you got two sixes. What, but also, everyone needs to send me your dice because I don't trust yeah, any of you anymore. I'm sending um, you all little webcams. You're going to put them next to your dice tray. This is this is not. We're we're meeting in person yeah. just so I can check your rolls again. I don't this right. Is, there's something going on here. This isn't right. All right, but, I'm uh, sending it in real it. time. I'm sending it in real time so you can see it right now. I'm commissioning <laughs> Leia oh, as an official Dan's like, dice now that, judge. now that I've turned my dice to face me, I'm going to take a picture to show you yeah, what it's oh, like. I don't, no, yeah, no way. I want those little cams <laughs> like they have in the the card shows, like the poker shows. You got to get those. Put them in your little trays now. This isn't. Nope. Well, unfortunately for me, Julie Diabne rolled a, uh, a one. So she, because she had a, I did her coordination athletics, which was seven. She has a nine, she has a 10 total, and it's one of those is a one. So she slips and starts to fall. May, may I use one of my sixes uh, to uh, reach a hand out and try to grab her? You to absolutely save her. can. I oh, love cool. that. I love that visual. Yeah. Uh, you reach out. Is there anything cool you do while you do it, like to pull her back up? Do you do anything cool? Um, if I had time to think of something, but Dan doesn't do cool on the fly, so okay. there's no way I can think of anything, right? No, okay. I, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think it's just it's one very, of those very, I think it's very yeah. tenant on, like, Voyage of the Dam, like, you, like, grab her and, like, swing her up, and then she, like, lands on the, uh, the pathway with you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, she's like, wow, good thing you were here. Thank you. It's, it is nice to be appreciated from time to time. You, you would be surprised how many places I've had to run fleeing from. Hmm. Like I said, man after my own heart. And she kind of winks at you and like, yeah, it's a little, it's a little, it's, it makes you a little more fuzzy, warm and fuzzy inside. So. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, she's a naughty girl. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, the, these, this is your home. So, uh, I will follow you through these tunnels. Oh, actually wait. And I, I want to, I want to try something. It's probably a story point by, but that's fine. I would like to use the Sonic to almost do like an, not quite a full-on echolocation, but I kind of want to use the fact that each of my companions have a TARDIS key, so I could sort of get, like, a rough idea where Lita and Carrie are. Okay. Just, you know, in um, relation to where I am right now. Okay, great. This will be the last thing we'll do for your scene, and then we'll, we'll cut back to the others, and we'll come back to you. But let me go ahead and have you roll a, uh, I'm going to say, an awareness and technology and i'll say that your i'll say that your sonic has recharged since the last time when it failed on you great uh so it's only a 14 because you're using a story point you said uh, right yeah i i will gladly if if need be i did roll a 14 only we say you got a 14 but what were your rolls uh two twos uh, okay, so you ballet dance your way into getting, I think a 14, I mean, this is not a very hard role. You are basically connecting to the technology that's yours. So with your role, I'm going to say that you are able to detect that Lita is on the same level you are. So she's somewhere in these tunnels and you have a feeling that Carrie is like a level above you. So Carrie is somewhere in the convent. Okay, yeah, I relay that to Julie and say, uh, we'll probably come across Lita first. So uh, let's make haste. Yeah, we want to we want to get to her before they take her to the quiet room because people come back from there differently. Oh, uh, what's the quiet room? <laughs> it's a place where they take people and they come back differently. Cool. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to describe it. That's what she calls it. Sometimes they take people to the quiet room and and something happens to them there and I don't know what it is, but I don't think it's good. And that, that's kind of what I want to stop them from doing to Adele. Then let let us be off. Let's go. 
So Lita, you have tossed a wrench in the works. You have wrenched this this nun. You have have you have you pulled Adele with you as you ran? Yes. I can't remember if you said that or not. Okay. We are hand in hand. You and Adele have run up and down the same hallway that's been set dressed multiple different ways. So it feels like you're going through these, these wild corridors. And uh, you eventually find yourselves in a room that appears to be almost like a catacombs or like a like a burial pit somewhere. And there are these like stone tombs that are around the walls, but they seem to have been altered in some way by some sort of alien technology. So it is definitely technology that you don't think would be of this time period or of this world, as far as you can tell from what you saw when you went outside to the bar and stuff like that. This does not feel like... It feels even more advanced than the technology that you saw when you were in uh, centuries later London. Mm. Okay. I, I look around the room and I say, well, this doesn't, this doesn't look right. But I'm, I, and then I start to think to myself that I might be able to use this technology to maybe send us either send a signal to the doctor or create a signal that the doctor would be able to detect as non-contemporaneous. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and make an awareness and technology check for me. Okay. Okay. So that's five. That's eight as my base. If you roll two six, I swear to God. <laughs> and 11, 12, thir- so 13 total with no magic numbers. Okay. Yeah, I think so. 13, I think you are beginning to be able to do this. I don't think you have yet figured it. I think you are able to go, okay, this is not completely foreign technology to me. It it, it follows a pretty standard, like, user interface or whatever. And so you're able to start getting into that. Okay. And as you are doing that, you start to hear almost like hydraulic hissing sounds throughout the room. And some of those tombs start to, like, pop open and like little drawers start to slide open almost as if like imagine like if you were in a morgue and the drawers with the bodies in them started to come forward okay cool and terrifying yeah i'm imagining this room kind of like bathed in like a green light like a like a not like a borg chamber but like that kind of vibe is what i'm getting yeah i'm a fan of i'm a fan of a green light in this scene yeah. it's got like a lot of arching like stone kind of things yeah. and then these drawers are popping so it's like you're it's like if you're in a um What's where I'm looking for? Not mortuary. Uh, mausoleum. It's like you're in a yes. mausoleum and they have like the, the bodies that are stacked up in those like little drawers. Yeah. It's like those and they're starting to open up and things are coming out of them. Are any of them labeled Danny Ocean? Uh, no. Okay. Um, he's so not no, actually so there. Okay. that. Crazy So timing. Sandra Bullock's not likely to save us. Okay. Um, she is sitting there saying you would have loved it, but the thing is Danny Ocean's not actually in the tomb. Okay. I'm going to hand my multi-tool, which is still in wrench mode, to Adele. And uh, I'm going to say, look, I don't like the look of that. And at this point, 60 to 80% certain something's going to climb out of these things. So while I'm trying to get this thing to, to send a signal to my friend, uh, you, may have to, you may have to hold off anything that climbs out of those drawers. I'm trusting you with this, okay? This is important to me. Just, uh, of course, I'll... I'll... I'll try to do something. I'll try. I'll try to find something. And uh, Adele's going to look around the room for anything she can use as like a weapon, like a. Well, oh, uh, Lita gave you I'm, her multi tool. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm handing I'm handing you the multi tool in wrench mode, but but before I like like you put your hand on it and I'm still holding it. And before I let go, I I look you in the eye and I say, just answer me one question: Is she worth it? I, of course. And then I let go, and I hand her the tool. Carrie, you have been guided into the convents by the Mother Superior, and I will let you two roleplay out this scene how you see fit, because I'm not, this is a pretty much your two characters, so. 
Oh, Mother Superior, I don't think this is gonna work out. You have to have an email for these cookies. I can't, I can't without due diligence. See, it says here, name, Mother Superior, address, 54, Rue de Demon, Paris, France, 88. It's, uh, it's Avignon. I, I, correct, oh. I corrected you a few times on that. It's, 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 it's Avignon. Actually. Sorry, Avignon. Thank you. There's a G like in a, there. Like you a, wouldn't expect oh. it, but it just shows up. But I, I I, still need your email, Mother. Like, they really won't let me give you your cookies if you don't give me an email. No, oh, of course. And the, the Mother Superior is going to circle around and put a hand on Carrie's shoulder. And as Carrie watches, the Mother Superior write, I know you're from the future at gmail dot you're caught. <laughs> yes, I I think you'll quite enjoy the facilities here at the convent uh, much as we will enjoy partaking of your knowledge of this world's future. I'm sorry, it is so dark in here. I cannot read that. What does that say? I... Oh. Uh, hold on. Let me just go find... A little bit more light. No, no. There's no I need am for gonna that. go find an open window. Oh no, please! And the I think the Mother Superior is gonna tighten her grip on Carrie's shoulder and try to keep her close. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm a little bit agoraphobic. I need you to keep your hands to yourself with the with the germs thing. Uh, totally like just making stuff up. Got quite a death grip there. Germs, you say? What a fascinating and modern concept. Uh, please, uh, sisters, uh, could you help me with uh, the... Uh, what was your name again? Uh, Adele Dazim. Ad- Adele, you say. Fascinating. <laughs> oh, no, two Adeles in one night. How about that? Ex- exact, it's just, exactly what I was thinking, Sister Riley. Um, uh, two <laughs> Adeles in what, what fortuitous signs and the, the, the remarkable young woman whose mind can help us finally broadcast the signal we've been hoping to send all along. It's incredible tidings tonight. Sisters, please well, take young Adele uh, uh, to, to meet the other Adele. It's fantastic. Well, well, Mother Superior, you need to be very careful because I can set fire to the rain and you don't want me to do that because I will. I will let it go and I will set fire to this rain. Speaking of which, Carrie, can you make a, uh, I'm going to say a roll of dice that is going to be of the variety of awareness and intuition? Dice. Oh. Uh, okay. Oh, yay. All right. Oh, Riley, I'm sending you a picture right now. I wrote two sixes. Oh, my gosh. Wait, what are those? One of those is Jack Skellington, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that seems like a lie. All right. Uh, yeah. One thing you notice very clearly, Carrie, is that it's very chilly in here. You didn't notice right away because you're wearing such a warm, comfortable cloak. But now that you mentioned fire and setting fire to rain, you realize that for a, a dusty old convent, it should be relatively new, but they filmed it in an old old abbey and they didn't bother to make it look like new. Right. For for a convent like this in at nighttime in the countryside, there's no fires or anything running. It's actually very chilly in here. It's dark, and it feels like they have made no attempt to even bother to light the space, as if perhaps they don't really need to worry so much about seeing in the dark, and they're also maybe avoiding fire. I'll say with the extra six that you got, you almost feel like maybe there's an active choice to avoid fire. 
Yeah, I, uh, uh, I come from the future, Mother Superior, where I can make fire come out of thin air. It's just portable with me in, in a, in a very small, compact thing called a bick. That's right, a bick. I'm threatening you with a bick. Hang on, have we ever, ever established in this game that Carrie carries a lighter with her? Uh, Fanny Pack has flashlight... First aid kit. I'm going to use a story point to put in a lighter of some kind or like some right. sort of incendiary device. I'll, I'll let you have it with the story point, but I think that is a stretch of the story point of the system. But I mean, hey, uh, uh, I will give all my story points just to have a lighter. <laughs> okay. In exchange, what weird gas station pattern does Carrie's lighter have on it? Uh, it's based off of one that I have right now that I adore. It's a pickle, and it says pickle. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you have that. I knew that was gonna work. I knew there was gonna be something, something that'll there. Something adorable. And you, you always yeah, deliver. Well, made um, it worth it. Uh, yeah. Okay, so when you pull that lighter out and you turn the fire on, you definitely notice a moment of of yeah. all the nuns like, <laughs> like they kind of pull back from it, like a little, almost like an instinctual fear of it. Yeah, fire. That's right. Back, back off. I can make it bigger. Don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. Carrie does her like her best Asian mom stare down. So you now are almost like in a bit of a standoff with them where like I don't think that they're like it's not like vampires of the cross. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. It's just like they're a little bit hesitant around it. And also it feels right. like maybe the fire is affecting their like vision a little bit. Like they they, they they still feel like if they if they ganged up on you, they could take you. But you definitely notice that now you have a little bit more of a weapon that they would be like hesitant around. That's that's the vibe that you're getting now from them. Yes, I am liking it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, what do you do from here? Um, are they still kind of approaching after the threat? I'm, I'm just kind of like, are they still backing away? I think you're in kind of a standoff. So I think you I think you have the power right now. I think because you spent a story point, I'm giving you the... You're, you're a little bit more in charge of the scene right here. Copy you. And you, you roll two sixes, you spent a story point. So you have the power right now to decide, like, like, what is Carrie's next move? And then we'll go from there. Oh... I mean, my first impulse, and <laughs> I mean, this might be too far-fetched because they're afraid of light, or at least that's what Carrie's putting together. Is it too wild for her to turn on the flashlight that's in her fanny pack and throw it in the opposite direction? Like, absolutely, John Mulaney stand up like, you want it, go get it. And she runs the opposite way. Or does that not work? Well, they, w- they wouldn't fall. I mean, I think you're welcome that. to grab your flashlight from your fanny pack and throw it. Let me have you roll a, I'll say coordination and technology. This is to see if both you are able to throw it where you want to throw it and if it remains turned on when you do that. Oh boy. This is like when Ian Malcolm has the flare trying to distract the (laughs) T-Rex. I have an incredible picture. Okay, I might let you just have it. I had an idea, but what'd you roll? Uh, In in true carry fashion, um, I rolled it two and a one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to say you throw it and it immediately smashes apart on like the stone building that you threw it at. Uh, that I, is a golden wrap th- on Carrie's I was, I was, Yeah, I was just going to turn it off, but I think with the one, I think it actually like, you take this kind of like, this like flashlight and it throws and I think it just like the lens hits rock and breaks the lens and the flashlight is, is no longer effective. Oh, merd! 
And they also, they don't seem to have been as effective by the light as you think they were. Like, they're not vampires, so they're not actually, like, they're not, the light does not burn them or anything. The light just kind of, like, surprises them and, like, affects their vision a little bit, and that's about it. Yeah, I was hoping that, like, the vision would be more affected, which is why I went with the light, the torchlight flashlight idea but yeah it's, I, mean, it's I think great. it was no, a valid i think it was a valid attempt i think unfortunately i think i think that's where we're going to end the scene is is carrie has this lighter she has this genius idea of like i'm going to use this this flashlight as a diversion and she throws it and it breaks and then they both they all look at like a couple of them look at it and then they look back at her and the mother, mother superior has never looked away she's still looking right at carrie and the mother superior just says well perhaps we can use you as food instead <laughs> Julie and the doctor have been roaming these hallways and Julie is leading. Doctor, where are you asking Julie? Are you, are you trying to follow the signal to where Lita is? Yeah, presumably if she's the closest one, then I think that would be the first stop. Okay, let's just combine these two narratives now then instead of having three split narratives. So let's say that you are able to determine where they were and we'll say you came from the other direction and that way you're not having to go through the horde of nuns to get to them. So Lita, you are in the middle of trying to make this signal to the doctor work and Adele is is holding up your wrench. As she's doing so, these drawers are, so, are still sliding open very slowly slowly and then the doctor and Julie come running in the room from behind you so your signal has been very effective before you even get a chance to do it so wow I didn't expect that to work so fast Lita oh you're alive oh thank goodness are, are you okay I, I'm, I'm mostly fine I had to do a uh, sweeperoo on these nuns hey but they're bats these nuns are bats they're bat people oh good to know uh, and, and who's your friend uh, as you turn and look at you say who's your friend and you turn and Julie and Adele are just full on making out like it is that couple who were separated and they run up and they're like oh my god you're safe and they're like right in the middle of that when you say who's your friend and like she has found her friend and she has like lost any pretense of trying to pretend this isn't a thing yeah that's uh that that's Adele I'm sure she'll introduce herself once she has she'll come up for breath yeah, I, I piece she kind of like waves <laughs> like she like is still kissing Julie but you see her like wave and then she gets right back to it bonjour well, I think when she waves, I think the doctor sees that she has the multi-tool in, in her hand. So, uh, great, we found you. We sent Carrie inside by herself, and I'm going to pull out Carrie's bat and give it to Lita and say, this is probably best in your hands than in mine. Great, because these drawers have been opening, and I strongly suspect something's about to come out of these things. And as you say that, the drawers pop open, and something starts to climb out of them. Oh, no! The first one sits up, and it is a it is a nun. Uh, it's not a corpse. It is just a nun that's been, like, put there to sleep. And essentially, where you, what you have found yourself in is almost like a nursery where these, like, creatures have been sleeping and are being stored. Almost like, like a bedroom chamber of certain members of these nuns. And... What you're seeing are somewhere in between the nuns that you've seen that are the full bats and people. So it's like they're like midway through a transformation and they're developing these like new body parts and stuff like that. And so, uh, Doctor, why don't you make for me a uh, awareness and knowledge check? Do you, oh, have, you don't have like you don't have anything like feel the turn of the universe with this version of the show of the game, do you? Um, I mean, experienced. Ex- yeah, experienced. Time yeah, time experienced you, time only you roll yeah. the advantage because you're experienced. I, I was gonna say, I, if if uh, it's easier, I wouldn't mind spending Sonic story points on this because I was planning on doing that anyway. But I will defer to you completely. This is not. Sonic as much as... Okay, yeah, I mean, I don't think you need to spend story points. I think roll. I think this is a roll. Because this is this is how much you know about the thing you're looking at. So, yeah. 
Okay, uh, and you said awareness and knowledge? Yeah, with advantage. Okay. So the first two dice were a five and a three, and another five, so two five, so it's a 20 in total. Yeah, the 20 I'm gonna give this to you. You recognize this is a race uh, known as the Vesperon, and they are a parasitic bat-like race, and what they feed off of is knowledge. Ooh. Essentially what they do is they they take beings and they convert them into other Vesperon by, by using a, a level of, of sound, of, of what's called infrasound. And they take the knowledge other people have and they like basically when they when they take a person, they are able to absorb all of their memories and all of their knowledge and make them part of their like overall bat collective. Great. Okay, so these uh, these nuns that are emerging are partially converted. Yeah, what you're probably getting, I'll say with your twenty, that's a pretty good roll. What you're getting is that they have been operating out of this convent, and essentially, this is an era where people would send people to convents to kind of put them away somewhere. And you, what you're what you're getting is that this is like they've been like feeding off of the people that are being sent to them and like turning them into their own and like slowly building their own group up. So there was probably originally only a few, and then they've slowly built their numbers over time. Uh, if these creatures are partially bat, I am absolutely going to use the sonic to transmit a supersonic sound signal to oh, sort Dan, of. Oh, Dan, you are you are you are glorious. I love you. <laughs> Thank I, I, you. That's so good. Just to mess with them enough, not to genuinely hurt them, but so that we can make our escape from That's... this room. So good. Yes, 100%. Wow. I'll let you even use one of the story points in the Sonic for that, because that is a transmit ability, which is what the Sonic is designed to do. So you see the, the like, these emerging Vesperon all kind of, like, do a quick, like, 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 like kind of, like, it's, it's, it's almost as if someone turned on a, like, loud static TV for them, but the rest of you don't really hear it because it's on too high a frequency for them. Well, like any Ed Sheeran song. <laughs> Doctor then, plays every Ed Sheeran song at once. Yep. Yeah. Well, we know that he's the second greatest musician of all time, aside from the Beatles, because the Beatles were going. He would be the number one of all time. What, so are, the, what are the Beatles? All the Beatles. Yeah. Who is it? What is, what it? Talking about? is that? Like, yeah. a, is that a rock group? <laughs> uh, the other guys who wrote all of Jack Malik's work. Anyway. Uh, so. Oh. Yeah. So then uh, I think like you start to run, and then I think the good button for the end of this scene is Julie and Adele are still kissing, and then one of you like grabs them and pulls them with you, and then they like they go right, right, and, and then they keep running with you. Well, ki- there's time for kissing later. Now is the running part. <laughs> oh, greatest Doctor Who quote of all time. We're French. There's always time for kissing. We'll cut back to uh, Carrie, who has now been surrounded. Mother Superior, what have you done with Carrie since this last scene ended? Uh, yeah, so I think Mother Superior is leading Carrie downstairs uh, through the, the tunnels, but she's she's got Carrie surrounded by other sisters, standard two-by-two two formation. It's classic henchman stuff. Uh, and they're, you know, Resistance walking. is useless. And little do they know, they're, they're slowly making two parallel lines become sort of less parallel and perhaps they might even intersect. Are we about to get our chocolate in their peanut butter? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. So the doctor's crew comes running into this group that has Carrie captive. And so now all the parties have now converged into into one party, a super party. Oh, I get it. This is the bit in an episode of Scooby-Doo where they play like some off-brand pop music while everyone's chasing each other and they're all running different corridors and poking their heads out of barrels. And- uh, no, this is a scene in Doctor Who where the two plot lines of the Doctor and the Companion converge into one storyline. It's like it's like in the uh, episode of Doctor Who where, where the Doctor and the Companion got, got separated and now they're being reunited. I point and say, Bat! <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, hello. Yeah. Uh, looks like the gang's all back together. Well, one of your gang members is being captured by nuns right now, so. I told you my Girl Scout troop leader would come back. They're gonna beat you up. And I am one cross den mother. Uh, I'm gonna stand ready with a bat. The, the baseball bat, you mean, right? <laughs> Got her. Very funny. The, uh, the mother superior is going to move in and hold Carrie hostage. And she, like, like flicks her hand and she's got cool bat talons and, like, holds him up to Carrie. And it's like, I'll, I'll take every iota of this, the girl's knowledge, doctor. There's no need for that. Uh, no need for talons or cutting or brainwashing or feeding. Uh, I understand that you are a sentient species and you have absolutely every right to exist, but you do not have the right to prey on these innocent women. And I don't have that much knowledge. You are, you know, fishing in the wrong well. This well is shallow. It does not hit groundwater. It is not full of knowledge. Yeah, she thinks fish come from wells. Carrie, I I don't like to hear yourself put yourself down, but you're you're very capable. I'm trying trying to lie through my teeth and you're just... Look, 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 look. You clearly I think we are... should take her to the quiet room and learn what knowledge she has. Oh, I agree. I think it would be useful. Or I propose this. If knowledge is what you're after, I am a Time Lord. I have been alive for a very long time. I have seen things that you could not possibly comprehend. You let these four go and you take me to the quiet room instead. Deal. Yeah. Once you're ours, you won't want to protect them anymore anyway. So we'll get everything all at once. Uh, Doctor, you do know you're the only one who can drive that thing, right? Like, I, I'm not, like, certified. I'm not TARDIS certified. Like, if you... Oh, uh, uh, uh <laughs> Lita, Lita, I have every faith in you that you have the keys... You have a TARDIS? I was just gonna, yeah, the Mother Superior is like, what? You know how to fly a TARDIS. All that information. <laughs> we could access every... That's even more powerful than the antenna we're building. We'll be free. <laughs> we can consume the entire universe. But he doesn't have the wealth of Star Wars knowledge that this girl does. Oh, Carrie points we'll to herself. We'll quiet every war in the stars, young woman. We'll quiet every world with the power of the Doctor's TARDIS. <laughs> They all seem very, very giddy, and they all, like, let's go for it. And they they lead the doctor to the quiet room because he's a volunteering to go. Come on! And and everyone else is being led to safety, though, right? Like, they're accepting my proposal? As far as you're aware, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, we're, we're leading everyone to the quiet room together to ensure yeah. that the doctor does his part. And then once the mind of the doctor is quieted and ours... We'll, of course, release your companions. We will make sure your companions are kept very safe. Oh, yes. Very secure. Hey, Doctor. They have this way of saying a thing that sounds like... It sounds like it's on the level. But what it is, is it's deeply menacing. I don't know if this is... I don't know if you've encountered this <laughs> no. kind of speech pattern before, but, like, it's really... Yeah, yeah, Lita, like, Lita, 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 very, Lita, very, Lita. Yeah? Lita. Lita, yeah, no, no, no he, uh, he gets no, it, oh. he gets it. No, he's got it. Okay, We're in danger. Yeah, because I, I, I have a baseball bat ready to go. Like, uh, speaking of which, uh, Carrie, oh, I, have, oh, I have your you, baseball bat. You have it? You, yeah. my many blessings, uh, whack away. Okay, cool. 
Well, you've just declared what you're doing. So I think that <laughs> when you when you say I have a bat ready to go, if you hold it up at all, I think one of the bat nuns grabs your arm to try to disarm you. So we will roll a conflict for that. All right. Okay. Well, let's do a con. Let's contest that. Okay. Yeah. Let's do a contested. Uh, I will roll this one. Let me get the nuns sheets up. The Vesperon sheet. Up. And this oh, is, I think, because of my previous uh, interaction, I probably know exactly where I want to hit them. Like I probably want to sweep the leg again. Okay. So that is. Again, I acknowledge I'm nerfing my own role here, but that would almost certainly be strength and conflict, right, as opposed to coordination and conflict. Um, yeah, I'll say strength because we're it's, okay. this is a, this is a strength uh, yeah. comparison. So I'm starting at a ten before I roll. Okay, I have a strength of six and a conflict of four. Okay, so my base is two. I rolled a six and a three, so that's eleven with the one magic number. Okay, I rolled a... I had a 14 total. Cool. I rolled four. One was a three and one was a one. So my one versus your six means you definitely, like, are able to break away from whatever attempt this nun has yeah. to disarm you. All right, yeah. And you're, I, able to, I, you're able to hit her. So this one nun is taken yeah. down, I think. Okay. Well, how, how does that impact the situation for I think everyone else? pops off now. I think that this, yeah. is, this has gone from a, like, hostage negotiation scene to a conflict scene. Mm. This is a, a lot of NPCs <laughs> in a very small space. <laughs> Doctor, you are kind of up near the... I'm trying, I'm trying to picture this in my head. You are up near the Mother Superior because she has kind of taken you aside. Carrie, you're being held by one of the side nuns. Uh, and then we also have Adele, which is Michael, and Julie, which is me. And they... I think, I think it's probably, like, one none per I'm just gonna, well, instead of having the I think what we're going to do to simplify this except for Mother Superior who is a character the other nuns will all just be based on what your roles are so based on whatever you do will determine if you get if you're able to get away from them defeats instead of having them roll contesting against your role that's a lot so I'm going to do like essentially what like would be like a mob rule type thing here okay so everyone declare what you are planning on doing in this conflict and then we'll go from there do we have a talker anyone is anyone going to be a talker yes Dr. Talker makes perfect sense okay so we have talkers. Do we have movers? Okay. Do we have any doers? I can't figure out if mine's a doer or a fight. What is your, what are you planning on doing? Carrie's gonna knock her head back to <laughs> knock heads with the nun that's holding her. That is a fight. That is definitely, that is an attempt to do damage to somebody, so I will call that a fight. Let's do it. Yeah. And then, so everybody, the, the doctor is talking, dudes. everybody else is, what's that? I have two doers. I think Adele's going to, well, I actually, uh, Adele's probably a move. She's going to move behind Julie because she knows that's the safest place to be. Fair. And yeah. the Mother Superior is going to try and pull the doctor away from the chaos. Uh, I'm going to call that fight, a, even though it's not okay. doing damage, because it's a physical, it's it's physically interacting with a person versus an object. So I think that you are, I think that you trying to pull the doctor away is going to be considered conflict, like physical conflict. So yeah. it's, like a, it's right. like a grapple, essentially, yeah. which is a uh, that, attack uh, Mother Superior's action may change because I want to hear the doctor out. Okay, uh, and Julie is definitely a fighter. Julie's going to pull her rapier out and try to take a swing at a couple of these uh, these nuns. Swing! I think I'm actually I think I'm actually going to do a do. I think I'm going to I'm going to try to give Carrie her back because I think she's probably more effective with it than I am. Uh, that'll be a free action. I'll, I'm a monkey roll for that. Okay. Because uh, well, Carrie. Well, actually, because Carrie's being held by someone, so I don't think you can just right. give her oh, I, the bat. In that case, I'm going to fight. I'm going to try. I'm going to uh, use the bat against the bat nun who is restraining Carrie. Okay, that's good. That works because that might so change can Carrie's moves. Her her so. Yeah, yeah. So, Docker, you were a talker. Docker, go. Uh, so, just beforehand, I just want to clarify: we are uh, basically still in the catacomb area. Yeah. Great. So this place is small and made of stone. So I say to everyone, everyone scream at the top of your lungs. And the doctor starts screaming 
I'm not going to do it because I don't want the audio Thank to you. be terrible. Yeah. But I'm basically trying to create so much oral chaos that all the bat creatures are going to have a bad time. Okay, I love this. I am going to say that's more of a do than a talk because okay. like it's actively trying to get like a thing to accomplish, but I okay. is you're not, you're not trying to convince somebody something, you're trying to like make an action to do a thing. Okay. But I, I still will let you do it. I'm going to have you roll I for the rules. I love it too. I think it's great. Uh, I'm going to say let's have you do a I don't know what have make you make you roll for this. I'll tell you what, if it's easier, I will just give the story points if 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 you'd prefer that. Yeah, I don't you know, have let's, let's have that. you roll the story points to determine that your, your story points are going towards making this the kind of stone that has the acoustics that would cause what you want to have happen happen. Okay. Does everybody else scream along the doctor? Absolutely, yes. Uh, yes, I'm going to karaoke to my highest Mariah Carey that Carey can. Do, do you actually start shouting out, let it go music? Are you, are you singing, are you singing <laughs> your uh, Dina Menzel? I'm oh, sorry, Adele Nazim music? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High, high pitch Adele Nazim music as high as I. Oh, as wait, Carrie since can. this is Adele and we're in an underground catacomb, I think you are all rolling in the deep. Rolling we're all dice. Rolling Yay. dice in a catacomb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to roll for the all of Esperon at once. Michael, I'm going to have you roll separately for the Mother Superior because she's a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. I'm, I want you to roll Presence and Survival, I think, to see like how well you're able to like withstand this assault to your, uh, your oral sensibilities. So... Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I don't understand why all of my rolls are so bad. I rolled... Okay, so I had... <laughs> My presence is a four. I rolled a six to make a ten, but I rolled a one, and, I, and it's a negative roll. So it does. I still. I can't not. Okay. Yeah, the mother only got twelve. Nothing fancy. Wow. I think she recoils and like. Okay. Maybe I think the mother is. The, wall. the mother recoils a little bit. I think everybody else is like physically in pain. Like they all stop and shudder and like. And so anyone who was being restrained is let go. Like so, the doctor and Carrie and that are both like released, and they all kind of like shudder and shake. The Mother Spirit is able to, like, maintain her composure, but she's definitely still stunned by it. This is the noise she makes, so enjoy that then. (laughs) Okay, what do you all do now? So so all these conflicts aren't going to happen now because this happens. So this was very genius, and now I'm sad that I wasted this much time describing, okay, who's doing what? No, it was was very helpful. I mean, I'm immediately handing Carrie her baseball bat. Great. Uh, that's a do. That's talk. That's a do. Well, Dan, we'll start with your talking because we're in the middle. This just happened, and everyone's doing a thing. So, what do you say? Uh, I say, Julie, get Adele out of here. I need to destroy the machine, the conversion machine, and that's going to be my action. Uh, I know where the conversion machine is. I'll lead the way. It's actually not. It's not the machine that you thought it was. I'm sorry. That was that was a mistake on my part. No, but I also know the where the entrance to the quiet room is because the uh, the bats had previously tried to lead me there in uh, at the end of the last session. Well, the beginning of this session. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna allow that. It's not it's not quite the same thing in my head, but I, I because of the sake of time, I'll say that that's that's what it is. So okay, uh, Adele's gonna give Lita her multi tool back. Thank you. And say you you might need this. Also, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just a tool. It's just it's just for mechanical work, like repairs and stuff. Mechanic. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay. Cool. Okay. Like, imagine you've got like a like a class G like uh, like a land speeder, and the anti grav is is starting to fail. Like with Lita, this, Lita, I, yeah? Lita, uh-huh. Lita, Lita. No, no. Shh. No, I'm just it's I'm okay. just explaining because what you she, can do is no, you can... no, no, no. It's okay. You can explain it to me. You, well, you, 
You explain to me why I follow you. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you've got a, so you've got a Class G Land Cruiser, a Land Speeder, yeah, which okay. obviously these right. things are built a little bit more sturdy, but they're more prone yeah, to break down okay. over a period of time. We're now at the door to the quiet room, and Lita is finishing up describing this thing to uh, to to Carrie. And then you're fine as long as no one steals the catalytic converter. So that's probably that's all you really need to know. I really feel like I'm going to get pop quizzed about this, and I definitely didn't take any notes. It's fine. I'll, I'm sure the doctor has some books on the TARDIS. I'll I'll show you some diagrams. Great. I love pictures. All right. So yeah, we have we have reached the door to the quiet room. You are you are. At, Entering as if pursued by that. So you have... Uh, Just as Shakespeare these... intended, yes. Exactly, exactly. So you, you have them all on your tail, and now you have come to this quiet room. And yeah, when you enter the room, it's kind of this big dome-like room, and it's been designed in a way that, unlike the hallway, there are no acoustics. Like, everything is designed to absorb all sound, so that the sound... You know how, like... Sometimes, like in arched rooms, you can like stand in one corner and talk, and then the person there can hear you talking yeah. as if you were next to them. But then mm-hmm. anyone in the middle cannot hear you. It's it like is being like, the dog at the idle hour. Exactly. That's a really good example of it. Like, it's so cool. So we're inside a giant dog. It is designed in that way, and there is a big table in the middle. And you get the impression from it that what happens is uh, someone is sat down on one end of it, and then the... Vesperon sits on the other end and essentially uses a weird exchange of sound in order to absorb the knowledge information from a person and feed on it. And that is the way it's set up. So as you as you come in this room, you realize that this room itself, there is not actually a machine designed to do this parasitic thing because it is a natural ability they have as a species. They just need a, they need a space that doesn't like bounce sound around to do it. And that's why it's a quiet room. But what you do also notice is that there is a machine that is attached to the roof of this room that is leading up and based on the knowledge you have the layout of the convent when you first came in you were directly below the belfry and you, you met earlier and this i think with the previous episode uh one of the bats said something about the antenna and so essentially what you can figure out from this is most likely doctor i'll say that i might make you roll for this because i've already explained most of it what you figured out is that these nuns have created this antenna in the belfry of this convent that will broadcast this signal and they'll essentially be able to do their harvesting of knowledge on a global scale okay is there like a drop down ladder or something like that that it would be possible to go up to the belfry or do we have to go back through the complex no because these are bats and bats know how to fly and they don't have a need for a ladder excellent point can i make a proposal could lita turn to the doctor and say doctor can you zoop the door so that the bats can't get in through the door can you like do a zoop for using your 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 zoopy do you know i'm gonna i'm gonna say that i can't because this is a quiet room and the sonic is not going to be as effective in here if at all take take yourself a story point for giving yourself a disadvantage because that is actually very clever yeah, mm-hmm. that also means that your your sonic uh, your wrench will not work as well in this room, Lita. Mm. That's mm. inconvenient. Mm. Yeah, thanks, Dad. No, no, no. But it's a, the good news is though is that we have a very capable bat wielder with us. Ha ha! That's me. And the the doctor turns to Carrie and says, uh, Carrie, um, you know those places where you can pay to smash things and it's therapeutic. <gasps> Yeah, well, like, happy early what? birthday. <laughs> For me. Harry, did you remember to bring your wallet? Uh, uh, 
I live on a PA salary, Lita. I don't even have a wallet. Do you want me to Venmo you this and then you can... <laughs> this is a lot of conversation while people are being pursued by bats. So yeah. as you're having this, suddenly the door that you would have like tried to lock shut bursts open and the Mother Superior and all these nuns come in. Uh, yeah, and the, the Mother Superior and the, the bat nuns, I think they're all going to reach out their hands and start trying to project their minds uh, using the room. So you start to hear sort of whispers in your minds, depending on, I would imagine, various roles as they start to creep in. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll say right now you're getting it's 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 a surface level whisper like like they have begun to invade your minds and then we'll roll to see if they get any deeper than that. But you're definitely starting to feel the effects of as if a vampire has started to bite you on the neck. That kind of vibe like they haven't completely penetrated your brain yet, but they are like beginning to with the sound in this room. I think as that starts, I think anyone who's in this room is seeing Lita become the angriest that she has ever been in her life. Like, she's visibly angry. She turns into a red panda. Turns into a red panda. No, that's that's one of our Patreon bonus episodes. No, um, uh, I, I think she's going to immediately go to swing her wrench at the Mother Superior. Like, get out of my head. Okay, I'm gonna let you have this as a free action and not get into combat with this to see okay. what happens when you do that. So go ahead and roll a uh, strength and athletics. Oh, strength and conflict, sorry. I, I mean, the athletics and conflict are both zero. Alita's a very angry person who is not capable. Okay, well, that's a little better. So my strength is two, my conflict is zero, so that's a base of two. I rolled a six and a three, so that's an 11 with a magic number. Okay, Michael, go ahead and roll as much superior to resist that. I think that that's going to be a... Uh, I think you're going to do coordination as a dodge, essentially. Coordination and athletics, let's see if you can dodge this. Dodge this. Uh, no, I got an eight with a one, so. Okay, so yeah, uh, if, you, if you can dodge a sound, you can dodge a wrench. All right, so you, <laughs> yeah, you, I don't think I don't think it's as hard of a hit as you would like, because that wasn't a great roll on you, but you do yeah. connect with a superior and you will knock her down. This one is definitely being aimed at the head, by the way, because this is pure anger. This is just. Can I, can I make a pitch? It's one of those, yeah. um, uh, uh, you aim for the head, but you hit the hand, so you, like, oh, yeah, knock away good. the, sort of the projector of whatever the fact. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to say that because Doctor, you told Adele and Julie to to run. So I'm going to say they did do that. So right now it's just the three of you and then you're kind of like trapped in this room by these uh, bats. Carrie, smash smash whatever you can. I'm going to try to buy you as much time as possible. What are you trying to smash, Dan? Just the question. Uh, yeah, just, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, the bats? No, so the, I, I, I mean, very, I stated there's nothing in this room that's mechanical except for what's up on the ceiling. Right. Uh, I, the intention would be to basically destroy the acoustic paneling so that the effectiveness okay. of this room Okay, would, that was uh, not clear to me. That's why I yeah, want to make I sure. Because yeah. I don't think, I I don't think Joe knew either, so. Yeah. Okay. No, I apologize. Yeah, I didn't. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, basically, I want to uh, make this room completely or significantly less effective for them. I know there's not, like, Okay. Specific that makes machinery, way more sense, but, and now I understand what you're yeah. trying to do with it. Yeah, I'm gonna say that this is stone, like it's really intense stone and stuff like that. So I don't know if a baseball bat is gonna be strong enough for that. But let's go ahead and have. Oh, how do we roll for that? Um, Joe, do you want to spend some story points to see if you're able to effectively break any of this stuff? Yeah, I've got a plus four with a baseball bat. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, we have uh, ten usually, right? Yeah. Or, sorry, my character does have 10. Um, yeah, you have Yeah, you, you and have I've only spent down. one so far. Okay, yeah, yeah go yeah, ahead yeah. and spend two, and that means that, like, okay. the... Your bat's metal, right? Is it metal or wood? 
No, it's metal. It's, metal. it's definitely, okay. yeah. It would do a kind of a ting, because, like, I do remember <laughs> using metal or, like, aluminum bats against, like, rocks, and it, it makes a tingy sound. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, okay, I think that's going to be good. So, yeah, use your two points to do that, and then I'll have you roll uh, strength and conflict to see how well you're able to actually break things. Got it. So the, the story points means that it is possible, and then the rolls to see how well you do it. All, all the while... I'm absolutely singing to the the beat of the tings. I don't know what song that is, but Carrie's gonna just start making oh six and a two. Are they puttings? Yeah, puttings. The, the putting puttings. They're singing. That's putting, that's putting. not my name. That's not my um, name. What 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 did you want me to add on uh, with the roll? roll strength and uh, conflict. Okay, and then plus four for the baseball bat. So we're starting really hot. Yeah. We have 11 as the base, wow. and then I rolled a six and a two. Yeah, you did. So, Okay, yeah, with the story points and your six, describe to me how effectively Carrie destroys a piece of this paneling on this wall. So I'm kind of, <laughs> I don't know why. I'm kind of getting this like sort of like Wreck-It Ralph punch it, sort of like, <laughs> breaking to the bricks of like just digging through it and she's oh my gosh she's totally singing that like theme song from Holes everybody remember Holes with Shia LaBeouf oh my god she's like dig it up wait that like forever forever song the like oh my gosh wow deep cut that's right. So it's just like flying, like anime style, like just br- like One Punch Man, like just going through dust and just singing tunes. And it's 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 getting dark. It's getting dusty. If you have asthma, it's definitely being triggered right now. Yeah. As you do this, I think every time you hit one of these bits of stone, it physically like the ting of the, the metal against the stone affects the... Every time you do it, it like gets worse for them because every time you do it, you're breaking something, which is causing the sound to affect them more. And so it's very much like Eddie Brock when the like bells are tanging in the church. I don't know if that's actually in the Venom movie, but in the comics, when the bells go off, it like makes the symbiote break away from Eddie. And that's like what's happening now. It's like every time it's like, boom, ding, ding, ding. It's like, it is getting them each time worse and worse because it's getting, every time you do it, you're making the room less quiet. And so louder and louder each time. I was going to ask if Lita can join in hitting the wall with her. Tool. At this point, I think you all can. Yeah, yeah. I think, okay, yeah. I think awesome. Hit it. While yeah. they're doing that, I, I, the doctor sees that this is affecting them and it's working. And I think while his friends are doing this, the doctor turns to the group of the Vesperon and says, look, I understand that you need to feed, but knowledge is not something that should be devoured. It is something that should be shared. And I, the doctor puts his fingers to his temple and goes, contact. And I start sharing just the vast knowledge of the lifetimes of the doctor to basically overwhelm these people. It's it, it's you, you want an all you can eat buffet. Well, here's all you can eat. Oh, that's so good. Oh, cool. you gorgeous brain. Yeah, I think you do that. And I think. I'm not even going to make you roll for this. I think this is just a great... I, I think I would have given you story points for this, and so I'm going to give it to you and then have you spend them immediately to do what you're doing. Uh, I think you do that, and I think you see the Mother Superior hold her and, and basically, like, almost like a classic Monty Python sketch where someone eats a little bit too much and then something bad happens to him. <laughs> that is, like, she feels gorged, and, and, and then she, like, like, and, like explodes upon it because she it's, like, too much of a serving at one time. She's so I think her brain like gift. melts. Yeah. yeah, I think her brain like melts inside. She like collapses to the ground, and then yeah, the other Vesperon like starts 
pushing like between the combination of the sound and this broadcast of knowledge that you're sending out i think that like you have effectively disabled the vesperon a little bit of knowledge is a very dangerous thing what do you do from here on out you've, you've officially won this battle so what do you do from here all right, uh, let, let's head upstairs. Um, let's make sure that uh, Julie and Adele are safe, but also we have an antenna to deal with. And I motion to my team to, to to follow me. Oh, you want us to follow you? Yes, you did. I you can't did. hear very well right now. You did a spectacular job of smashing things. Just a smashing job. A smashing, smashing uh, job. What? I did a, I did a spooktacular job. Smooshing. <laughs> I, I can't hear either of you. <laughs> Who? What? I think we're supposed to go with him, Lita. I don't know what you're saying, but let's follow the doctor. He seems to be heading upstairs. I can't hear you, but we should follow the doctor. What? You can hear okay now because if you smashing the walls up, you can actually hear pretty well oh, here sorry, now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's follow the doctor. Yeah. Uh, wow, that was really weird for a second there. I thought I lost my hearing. <laughs> I th- uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll make our way back to at least surface level to, to find access to the Belfry. Okay. Yeah, so you get up there, and I would say it's not that hard to find. Like, it is pretty much just, like, that's why I, that's why I was skipping ahead. But it's kind of towards the center of the convent. There's kind of a tower that leads up straight up there. And, yeah, and you, you can tell the machine is located inside this belfry. I inspect the machine, and I turn to Lita and say, anything, any parts here that you want to salvage? I mean, this is just, we need to get rid of it, and I know this is your jam. I mean, it's... How is it actually? This is a good question. How is it attached to the roof? Because if it's something I can just wrench off or unscrew or unweld, I can use my tool for that. It's right there at the bottom of the spire. Okay. Um, I I'm gonna use my multi tool to just kind of not disassemble, but like unscrew, unbolt, unweld the base of it so that we can just knock it over. Okay. First of all, I'm gonna have you do a coordination and technology rule to see if you're able to effectively do that with this wrench because it's pretty okay. complicated technology so yeah coordination is four tech is two so that's a base of six and i rolled a five and a three so that's 11 12 13 14 yeah but the 14 i'll say you're able to get it loose it's loosened okay i i, I look at the work lita has done i'm like that's very nice um why don't you why don't you try it with this and i actually am gonna hand lita the sonic oh okay i i start Sonicking some of the, I guess, some of the stuff that's not like bolted down or screwed down. I'm not sure how this thing is affixed, but I imagine some of the more like technological like connections on the inside of the antenna. I'm gonna like break those connections and and kind of. Uh, I don't really know what I'm doing with this thing, so I've never used it before, and I don't know what it's capable of. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm using it to kind of detach the stuff that is not immediately unboltable or unweldable. All right. I think because it's hanging over a gap, like a hole, mm-hmm. I think once you are able to unweld it, I think, honestly, it just loosely drops down and smashes on oh, the ground cool. below. I think that unbolting the thing that's placed precariously over this gap into the, the mm-hmm. quiet room, it collapses down into the quiet room and breaks. And I look at the Sonic and I say, cool gadget, and I hand it back. I th- that is probably the best way to describe it. Thank you. You step out of the belfry, and in front of you is that really creepy Batwoman who was, like, talking in weird riddles the whole time. And she opens her mouth to hiss at you as if, like, she is going to attack you, just come at you. And then suddenly you see the sharp end of a rapier come slashing through her chest. 
it pulls back and then she falls to the ground and then standing behind her is Julie Diabne holding the rapier and a torch and she says to the doctor she goes so I, I assume this thing is full of technology that would be very dangerous and fell into the wrong hands and people of this century right oh absolutely great and she drops the torch to burn to start lighting the uh, comet on fire and she goes we should probably run you see the torch fall and it begins to like light on fire and wood and timbers around you and she goes let's go <laughs> it's so funny because i was genuinely trying to preserve this building but it's hilarious and i love it <laughs> Joe, do you happen to know this little bit of history or should I tell Dan what happened? Oh, no, you do it because, like, I don't know where you're going. So take take us with you. So as as you come outside, as they're watching the convent burn down, Julie turns to to Adele and she goes, hey, you know that old nun who died a few days ago? Uh, Yes. I put her body in your bed. So when they find the rubble, they'll think you died in the fire. We're we're free. We're free. Shall we? And she puts her arm out. Lead on. Julie turns and looks at the doctor and gives you a wink and says, I told you I was a naughty girl, and then runs <laughs> off with her partner. I just love a happy ending. And uh, historically, that is what is known. That is a legend of, of Julie Diabne is that she took the orders to join a, a convent. She put the body of a dead nun in her girlfriend's bed, burned the entire convent down, and then ran off with her partner. Amazing. So Julie and Adele abscond off into the night and you are left as a group to wander back to the TARDIS. Is there anything else that you all want to do as you finish up? Yeah, as we're as we're walking back, I kind of want to kind of sidle up to Carrie as we're walking back and kind of slow my pace a little bit so that we put a little distance between us and the doctor. And I say to Carrie, uh, so you've been you've been traveling with the doctor for a while. Is this kind of how it always how it always goes? Mildly chaotic, and sometimes I cry into tissues. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm mostly thinking about like you know alien threats and jaunts through oh. time. Yeah, all oh, that stuff. I mean, yes, you you kind of have to just go with it, you know. I'm just with the go with the flow. Yeah, I'm just. I guess I'm still trying to get a handle on. I still don't know whether I can trust him. You know, I when I went back to when I left the tavern earlier to go to the go to the the, the TARDIS to use the, the the facilities. I I didn't just use the facilities. I didn't just go to the bathroom. I kind of took an opportunity to try to try, try to explore a little bit and see if I could find I don't know like an office or a bedroom or somewhere where I could learn something about who the Doctor is and ah. A lady after my own heart. Just a little snooping. I just, just, I guess snooping. I don't like to call it snooping. I just, I don't know. I don't know him. I don't know if I can trust him. And I, I couldn't find anything. Every door I thought would lead to somewhere interesting was locked. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I've been, I've been traveling with you, with you both for for a little bit now, and I still don't know who he is, and I don't know if I can trust him, and I especially after everything that we've experienced so far, I don't know that I'm safe. And I guess, I don't know, you're you're here, you're still here, you've been here this whole time, and you kind of, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, but there's, there's not a tremendous amount of filtration going on between your brain and your mouth. You just kind of say what you think, and I apologize if that's, if I'm overstepping my bounds there, but like, 
you you speak your mind and you kind of say what's in your heart. Can I trust him? Can I trust the doctor? I don't know if I can even trust him because he's not the person I used to know. And the best advice anybody has ever given me about trust is that people have to earn it and you'll know when you can trust him because he'll have earned it. And I can't help you with that as much as I would like to because I can't make you do something that isn't you. So you can trust him, you cannot trust him, but the least you can do is give him a chance because you don't know until you try. And that's just the truth. And if you're always going to be afraid, then you'll fail 100% of the time instead of succeeding. But I'm getting really hungry right now, and I need to feed the cat, so I'm going to just dip inside and uh, go use the... You know, I'm really craving some chicken nuggets and french fries right now, and i got to find a way to make this machine make it for me. So, (laughs) good talk, good talk. If you want to play Mario Kart later, you know where I am, and I will kick your butt. Oh, yeah, in in the Mario Kart room, yeah. The cartography room, of course. <laughs> That's what it's for. So you two have arrived at the TARDIS. The Doctor, I think, maybe a little bit more behind as you're watching this convent burn down behind you. And you've watched these couple head off into the night together. And then you arrive at the TARDIS a little bit after this conversation has happened. And I think you're probably still a little bit... I don't know. I, how are you feeling right now regarding Gallifrey and all this stuff that's been going on? How do you feel right now? I think the Gallifrey stuff falls a little bit to the background just because we just had a big adventure and my friends were in danger kind of thing. And it's it's one of those I'll think about it tomorrow. Right now, I'm just going to enjoy the fact that we were able to stop this tar- terrible thing from happening and reunite true love and just take the win because the doctor wins a lot, but I don't think the doctor gets to celebrate those wins necessarily. It's always about what's next. And I think just because in this moment, it was something so pure and true. The doctor is going to allow himself to enjoy this win. And Gallifrey is not coming back tomorrow. If it does, then that means the doctor's work is done for him. But I, I, I think the doctor has sort of earned this night and just kind of wants to be a, a person in the universe rather than a force of nature in it. We we cut to the TARDIS. I think you have. I think your doctor's kind of processed that feeling and kind of that thought. And I think that it it plays out in the doctor quietly, kind of walking around the console of his TARDIS and taking in the new look to it and things like that. Uh, Carrie and Lita have each gone off to find food or their own rooms or to some sort of private spot of their own on the TARDIS, and you are alone in the control room. And the last thing that we see is a video screen that you see footage of Lita coming to your TARDIS, betraying your trust, essentially, and trying to see if she can find something when you had trusted her to come back and just roam the TARDIS. And we see the doctor's face. And what's the doctor? How's the doctor reacting to that? The doctor looks heartbroken.
all cat tacks. Oh, so cute. I'm so distracted now. Yeah, the cat's the best. Oh my gosh. It's never happened. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. She was doing me with the. She had a little mission. Eddie has climbed into Michael's lap for the first time ever. Michael's had Eddie for a few months now, and she's just now finally getting into his lap, and she's baking biscuits on his lap. Oh, you're officially dad now. She's purring. I'm dying over here. Oh, stop. This this has to be the end of the episode, Stinger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it has to be too. I'm definitely putting this off to the end credits. (laughs) So cute. Thank you.